Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the part two show. We got a part two here. More drugs. More drugs. Druggies. Drugs. Ha. Drugs. 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 Okay. Well, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, part one, you probably want to listen to that one first. So we'll wait. We'll be right here. Here in our car. Welcome to the show, the big show. The most amazing and well-received podcast of any podcast recorded in our car. And yes, we're going down the road. We're traveling down the road, the rather rainy road at the moment, heading towards yet another big city. These things happen to us because we're out in the middle of nowhere, and then we go into the middle of somewhere. So we're on our way. We're starting to see green. See the green over there? I was just admiring the green. It's that time of year where when you see green, you're still a little surprised and pleased. Yeah, they just had a burn there, so the, we're seeing the, uh, yeah, the old grass burn. still brown burn. around it mostly, but the green's popping up in the burn. You know what we're about to see, though? We're about to see that time of year where the horses and the cattle get their green grass, the really fresh fresh, fresh green grass. And you'll never see one of them without their head down. Because they Those are heads, tired of that hay. Their heads will be buried in the ground. I know they're, I know how they feel. I've already started planting my garden. Yes. Admittedly, they were snow peas. Because what do you do when it's snowing on the first day of spring? You plant right. snow peas. Snow peas. What do I do? Well, it wasn't the first day of spring. I'd already had them in the ground. I plant tomatoes and peppers. But I did that in the inside, in their little yes. greenhouse area. So, yeah, that doesn't really count. We do not plant the sort of things which count as drugs, which is today's topic. Drugs. No, actually, we we plant some herbs, but not actual drugs. What so. is the? Di- that's one of the things we wanted to talk about in this part two. The difference between drugs and herbs. And sometimes there's... Yeah. If an herbal remedy actually works, some of them work, some of them don't. If it actually works by anything other than placebo, it is drugs with a leaf wrapped around it. There is no, oh, these are chemicals from the lab and these are natural things. Uh, they're all chemicals, guys. And most most of the modern pharmacopoeia, at least the original version, was discovered and purified from the plants. Uh, natural is not a synonym for safe. No. In fact, natural can be very dangerous. A lot of the things we use as drugs were intentionally produced by the plants to discourage predators. But we found some beneficial uses for those things which are harmful in, if you're just grazing on the stuff. We are going to talk about that a little later on in the podcast. Now, one thing I, I'm going to throw out there, I always like to throw out there... Uh, Things that we've already done in the past, because we've got some, we've got a decent amount of material already in the podcast uh, stream and also on the website. But there's one article and one podcast that we did rather early on, but still, we've I've linked it a couple times, and and nobody reads it, nobody listens to the show, which is really a shame because it's very well done in my opinion. It's one of our better ones we've ever done, and it's also critically important for people who have who are the quote unquote medical people of a 
mutual insurance group or the, the medical person of a family to understand the effects of placebos and nocebos. And we have a whole show on this. And I, I don't know if it's a MIGO topic, my eyes glaze over or what, because nobody pays any attention to it. But it's critically important to understand. It dovetails perfectly into what we're talking about here. Everybody think, thinks not me right? <laughs> when it comes to placebos. Um, we've got that. We're, I'm not going to redo that, to, but I'm going to tell you, understanding drugs and drug interactions, and especially herbs and, and traditional remedies, some of that really actually is the placebo effect. And that doesn't mean it doesn't work. People do not understand this. So it's important to understand what the placebo effect is. I am susceptible to the placebo effect myself. I know this, and it still works for me. Everybody is. I'm more so than some. He is. Uh, and I so, use that shamelessly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, but I even know it's placebo to an extent. But I don't care. As long as it works, I don't care. And, you know, people hear that word placebo and they think, oh, there will have no effect. That is not true in many cases. So please, when you get done with this, go check that one out. I doubt anybody will, <laughs> which is a real shame because it's, it is some vitally important prepper information. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm coughing. I got a dry throat. That you don't hear anywhere. This is something you're not hearing anywhere else. Probably because everybody, when you're doing, my one aside, when you're doing websites, you know what sells, you know what people will listen to, and you know what they won't. Yeah, we so write some do, stuff. Yeah, we write like, a lot of well, stuff that we know this is going to. Not going to get many listens. Yeah, people are not going to watch this. They're not going to read this. But it's important because we want the information to be out there. If you want to research and look it up, we want you to look, come to our site and say, oh, yeah, that's the real information. And a small number of people will. Yeah, and we, it's we, valuable. We know when we're doing it. We care it. about the small number of people, too. You know, I um, I call I call uh, some of my the things that I'm working on splatters. That's just going to splat on arrival. Nobody's going to read it until they do. And sometimes, like we had one a couple of weeks ago, it just went splat. I mean, like I had virtually nobody read it. And then a month and a half later, I come in and there's hundreds of reads on that one subject, which went splat when it arrived because somebody discovered it. Said, "Oh, hey, yeah, this is cool." And we had several hundred reads on something that just went blah. So if you find something import important, feel free to share it. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's my so if you will if you want the placebo nocebo article, it's out there. It's very good. Yeah. Highly recommend it. The thing about the when when I say the herbal remedies that work beyond the placebo, that means when you do placebo controlled trials and see if they have an effect, they still show an effect. That's what I'm talking about. They have, they have drugs in them. Now, since we're already on the subject, let's go ahead and just jump jump to that part of this. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the problems you have with non medical quote unquote medical uh, cures, the homeopathic kind of stuff, the the uh, traditional stuff, is that there's not a lot of research that's done, and a lot of the research that is quote unquote research that is done. That's out there is very, very poor quality. And if you don't know anything about research, it looks really impressive. 
But if you do know about research, you can tell, was this done with proper control groups? You know, you can read the thing in time. Was this published in a journal? That's a real journal, not just one of these fake journals um, that people use. And, yeah, there's a lot of those out there. You wouldn't there's believe them. a lot of really bad. Yeah, yeah. There's, the world is full of medical journals that are completely fake. That are Because there's a, a thing in academia and in research, publish or perish, and it's a real thing. So people have to be published. In a... What a peer-reviewed journal has long been the gold standard. Yeah. For it, it proves you're producing original information of value if it was in a peer-reviewed journal. So there's well, there's been a whole industry developed of quote unquote peer-reviewed journals. Yeah, they say they're going to peer-review them, but they'll also say they're go they'll print them within three weeks. Yeah. And as somebody who's been in the business working with people who are peer-reviewing papers and had my own work peer-reviewed from time to time, it's not that fast to get actual experts to read it and make a thoughtful decision on it. It takes a heck of a lot more than that. They're, right. they're rubber-stamping stuff. So basically, you're just buying your curriculum vitae. Yeah. And, and this becomes a real deal when it comes to any research that's being done on, on non- traditional pharma stuff. And there's actually very little of it being done on a lot of this stuff. So do you know... Search engines will find them. Right. And it will look like good journals if you don't know the difference. But you can always go in and actually read the paper and start saying, okay, is this a reasonable control? If you know how to design scientific experiments, you can. Otherwise, they look fine. So one of the things we do at 3BY is we have a real scientist, her, take a look at it and when she's going through this stuff, she actually goes in and we list the, the resources at the bottom of the article. She actually goes in and says, okay, this is legit. This looks real. This I read is- a lot more than I put in those bibliographies because if I don't like the quality of the journal, I take it with a big grain of salt and don't report it unless I, to you guys, and unless I-, I find it substantiated and somewhere I trust better. This is, in fact, one of the reasons we started 3BY, because you do not see this anywhere else. It is just not available anywhere else. Nobody else is doing this. I mean, I've seen all the... There's nobody else that puts references, medical references, in with their stuff. Uh, There's a couple sites that do occasionally, but, you know, and this is a critically important thing. You know, when somebody tells you such and such herb is effective... You want to know, how do you know that? Is this, uh, is this just some people saying, oh, I'm feeling better now? Because that could be the placebo effect. It really could. Or does it affect certain people and not other people? You know, is there a significant subset of the population that this helps? And there's the, the flip side of this. And it's the dangerous flip side of this. Because some of this stuff really does work. And it really works a lot. And if it really works a lot, it's affecting your physiology. There's a saying that I, I use a lot because it comes up a lot in my work. Any drug in sufficient quantity is a poison. The only difference between drugs and poisons is dosage. Now, we, it's been several months ago, but I, there's a website out there, and I'm not going to name the name, but there's a website out there that puts out as a, oh, sign up for our mailing list and we'll send you a, Free herbal remedy book, the plants that cause 
the you know which which plants you can get herbal remedies from. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just curious, so I signed up for it, and I got the book, and it's an actually very nice looking, little, well produced looking book. And I open it up, and the first thing we see is a plant that produces heart that, that heart medicine is produced off of. And I'll let you the take Jackson. The, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and take the story. Yeah. Here. He showed me the book, and I happened to flip it open to one on Foxglove. And I started reading it, and my I just eyes got really wide. And I, oh no, don't 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 say that and not add the rest of it, because oh yeah, you can make this into a tea that's good for heart problems. One, completely true. It's some potent medication, which is really good for particular heart problems. Two. It's completely useless or detrimental for other kinds of heart problems. And three, if you take too much of the stuff, it can kill you. And if you take too little of the stuff, it won't do you any good. And they didn't tell you how to tell the difference. So those are all problems in my world. Think about that. This plant is very effective in the proper dosage, but the the information, they're giving you information that you can use to kill yourself with without knowing it. Huh? No, 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 no. No, no, no. We can't do this. The herbal remedies I, I talk about and write about as things that preppers might really actually want to have on their lists. I'm not a doctor, by the way. I'm not a physician. Nor do we play I'm one a, on the internet. Yeah. But I'm somebody who knows something about physiology. And the stuff I'm putting out there is stuff that, one... They have a wide window of dosage, meaning you can make a decent guess on how to get the right amount because the single biggest problem with herbs is knowing exactly how much of the active ingredient you've got. So they've got a wide window, so you got a fair shot at getting a useful dosage and a way to keep from giving yourself too much and poisoning yourself with an excess of it. Those are both important considerations. Like I just did one on St. John's wort. A few days ago here, if you start getting sunburned way too easily and you start getting stomach upset when you're taking this stuff, then you might be taking too much of it and you back off. But you've got a way to tell before you've got a, a dose that's going to do you serious harm. So knowing how much you're getting with the herbs is a problem. Um and that's one of the things you want to pay attention to if you're thinking about herbal remedies is if you're going to collect information on, oh, you can get herbal remedies from this plant, how do you get it extracted from the plant effectively? How stable is it? So how long is it going to be good for? And how do you dose yourself with it? When do you know when it's too much? When do you know when it's too little? Please pay attention to all those things if you're considering herbal remedies. Now, part two of this is... If you're not collecting the plants yourself, where are you getting it from? And is that a reputable source? Because the FDA does not monitor or approve any of these herbal uh, remedies. It's considered a supplement, a a nutritional supplement. A food instead of a drug. A food. So there's no overt outside quality control saying that this company is actually, you know, they say, let's just use St. John's Wort. You get a little tablet, a little 
tablet so it's clear and it's got little green stuff in it. You have no idea what that is. You they have to list the ingredients. And sometimes, often, on uh, herbal remedies from bad companies, they lie, frankly. Truth. They, they is, put extra stuff in there. And there are proven cases, and we talked about this in the last podcast, where, you know, company has got, gotten out the uh, the Abby machine. You know Abby from NCIS? <laughs> she, can, she's, she, can, she does the, the 45 different jobs. Everybody, you know, they, she does a whole lab's worth of jobs but one person she's the well, only abby person put this in her little in her major mass spec which really doesn't what you use it for but she put it in there and they come out with the oh this is criminal blah 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 because that's what abby would do and she'd look darn cute doing it yeah and her pigtails and, it, would, it would take me a heck of a lot longer to get it done but yeah. if you i've did well, that with a lot of over-the-counter stuff i'd come up with more ingredients than the real plant has in it it would it would not be because uh gibbs would be standing over your shoulder shouting now <laughs> I need it now. And that, that makes it go faster. Oh, I see. We don't watch much TV, but we have watched reruns of it. Maybe NCIS if I tried recently. a calf pow when I was doing, you know. Calf pow, uh, yeah. <laughs> I could use a calf pow right about now. Oh, goodness. That was a bump. Yep. Good job, Missouri Roads. So. Okay. So pre- make sure you got right a <laughs> trustworthy remedy. And if it is an herbal remedy that's got really effective compounds in it, you got to be aware of interactions as well, because many drugs interact with many other drugs. Now we back in the go back if you haven't listened to the St. John's Wort episode, please do. It's really good. But that's one of the ones, for example, that that has a lot of interactions. In fact, in the actual story on Three Bby, she lists a lot of them out. So if you're planning on taking St. John's Wort, really pay attention to not only that, but uh, all the other relevant information. And you know what? Something else. You know, we always talk about. You know, we're not doctors, and we do not play one of these. What else we're not is we're not pharmacists, and we don't play pharmacists on the internet. And this is another thing when it comes to medicine. You know, people talk to their doctors because interactions are a real big thing. People talk to their doctors. They talk to their nurse practitioners, their nurses. When they get, you know, you, you go to your doctor's office, you're going to get a prescription. But many of them go to six specialists as well right. or several so, specialists. Yeah, and, and each specialist or each person is dealing only with their specialty. Okay? They're not really, yes, they ask you what drugs you're on and they'll, they'll glance over it. But they are not the best source for getting drug interactions from now they're good source but they're not the best the best source is your pharmacist if you can find a good pharmacist who will take the time to sit down and work with you you can really really save yourself a lot of money probably and grief by going through your medications with them and have because they'll know the interactions off the top of their head for most of these whereas a doctor will not yeah, doctor's got a whole bunch of other things on her plate, and, and they don't have the time especially. to spend that uh, attention on each and every drug from each and every specialist you might be getting. That is the pharmacist's specialty, and they are also highly trained professionals, and that's what they do. So they're a great source for this. Tell them about your dad. Yeah, my my dad at one point was, he was taking, I think, some 20 different medications. Which is and guys, that's not that weird for a guy in his 70s, which he was at the time. That's it, not that rare in America for a man in his 70s. It was and he had somewhere major, north of 15. He had major health issues. Different drugs. He had two yeah. major problems. 
Uh, um, yeah, he had he had a bunch of stuff going on. He had a bunch of specialists. Each was prescribing something different. Uh, often several somethings different. And he was just feeling bad. And despite all these doctor's appointments and all these medications and stuff, he was just feeling lousy. And he started talking to me about it because, you know, he kind of knows what I do for a living, sort of. Uh, and I was just really concerned about the number of drugs he was taking. And I suggested he go to a different kind of practitioner. Uh, sure, I'll go ahead and mention it. An osteopath. Because they are real doctors. They are. But they have a different... They come from a different mindset they're than what we call near, the allopathic medical schools. Right. They're not they, nearly as drug-oriented. Yeah. And, and they're, they're much more concerned about the whole body and how it works yeah. together. They're I'm less not, about body mechanics. We're not poo-pooing MDs. Problem. Don't not get us all. wrong. Not at all. We live in the heart of osteopathy. <laughs> well, you know, this yeah, Northern North Missouri, Missouri is, is where it started. Where it started. So. We've got the best osteopathic schools in the country, and I know some of the best osteopathic physicians in the country. So that colored my opinion a little bit. But I suggested he go to one of them because they do tend, they come from a mindset of considering the entire patient and everything that's going on with them to a somewhat greater degree than the average medical school graduate. So he found himself an osteopath, and he went there, and he went over his medications list with the osteopath. First thing the guy did is cut him down two-thirds of his medications. He just stopped. You're done with these. Now you're just going to take these others, and he made a couple of minor tweaks on the remaining ones. But most of what he did is take my dad off two-thirds of his prescriptions. And within a week, dad was feeling much better. <laughs> Because of all the various interactions of the various drugs, he removed competing effects. So the ones he really needed were able to have the expected effect for the amount he was putting in his face. The amount you're putting in your face doesn't really tell you how much is in the bloodstream. That depends in part on what else your liver is busy doing with all these other drugs. So the stuff he was did need was able to have its expected effects. And the stuff he didn't need was taken away, and all the side effects that came with those were taken away, and he felt much better. And it was, no doubt, a big cost savings as well. So this is just something to keep in mind. Now, we'll come back to, okay, you've got these drugs that you may be taking. You may not be taking anything. But if you are taking something, when you, you just have to remember when you start using a herbal remedy, especially one that is effective, I mean, uh, that, that really has, has effect, and if you're taking it, you probably think it has a real effect. So right. tell so the pharmacist. Tell your tell pharmacist the about it. And don't don't be shy because they include that as one of your medicines take because they know the interactions of some of that stuff too. Also, a lot of the pharmacies sell this stuff. Vitamins sometimes have medicinal effects yeah, or interact then, with medicinal effects. Yeah, and sometimes medicine uh, zonks vitamins. Yeah, or prevents their uptake from the gut or things like that. So you need to know this stuff. So you can, you, I mean, you can actually have, I know a person who had a, a vitamin C deficiency because of her medication. She started to get scurvy in America in modern time. But there was a, there was something that was blocking her C intake. And she had a terrible diet too. So And she that. had a terrible diet, yeah. If she had a good diet, it would she would never. But you know, scurvy in America. Can you? I mean, in, she wasn't even a pirate. 
It's crazy. So, uh, oh, yeah, one more thing on the list here. All right. Generics and formulations. Okay, generics and formulations. Go you for got, it. You uh, got the brand name of the drug, and that name is decided by the people who come out with the drug first, generally. Right. And once they have sold it under their brand name for a number of years, then their patent protection is lost. And it can the formula can be made by anybody who will sell it under the generic name of the drug or the, uh, like, uh, in, Prilosec was the original proton pump inhibitor, but the actual underlying drug is omeprazole. And now you can find it under Prilosec, you can find it under omeprazole. You can di- find diphenhydramine under Benadryl, which was the original seller. You can find it in a lot of other drug formulations. You can find it as a sleep aid, but it's all diphenhydramine. Okay, now the so, the thing is, though, these are regulated drugs. So when you have a major drug house, even if it's not a name brand drug house, but it's a major drug house. From the U.S. From the U.S. And they're they made are, in America. Yeah. They're going to be fine. The generics are going to be fine. I can I can name one company, and this company is one of the biggest pharma companies in the world, and nobody's ever heard of them because they you, don't. They're not a brand unless they you read the back of the box. Sell the, the, the company other name. I'll go ahead and name it. Is Perigo? Okay, you pick up a, a, a generic brand. It may be at this big box retailer. It may be at this small other, dollar store. Whatever you pick it up, and you have. So-and-so brand, house brand thing. You turn it over and you look and you see that Perigo logo, you're good. Because they are a major inspected drug production center. And if the FDA catches them not putting what they say in the drug, it's bad. then they are out of business. It's right. not worth it to their business model. They have a strong incentive to be honest about that thing. So half, probably half the stuff we have in our house is made by Perigo. Yeah. Because I turn it over, I see the see that logo. I'm like, oh, we're good. In most cases, I know cases, it's good, and that's just one of the companies. I'm just picking them as an example. Yeah. In in most cases, the generic is exactly as good as the brand name if it's bought from a reputable company. The only possible exception here is the type of formulation, right? Because if it's a generic, you can. From a reputable company, you can trust it's the right drug. You can trust it's the right concentration. The only thing that, therefore, can vary between different companies putting their special brand names on it is the way it's offered. Is it in a gel form? Is it in a liquid form? Is there stuff in the pill that's going to slow the breakdown and absorption of the drug? These are different formulations of the drug. Right. Some might be long-acting. So they're intentionally slow release and uptake, so they'll continue to have effect for a longer period of time, whereas the generic might just stick the drug in there with some filler in the pill. Right. In which case it would all hit at once. It would be just as effective, but it would all hit at once, so you'd have a more up and down drug concentration in your bloodstream. Here's some things I would look for. I mean, you fl- you take your take your name brand drug, your Benadryl, and then you take your diphenhydramine, flip them over, and just look at the list of ingredients... Look at your active ingredients. That's the, the number one thing is your active ingredients. Make sure they're the same. Yeah. Make sure they're the same amount, same dosage as what you're expecting. Because yes. they're not, that, not necessarily not true. 
um, and then look at the uh, inactive ingredients and see, okay, this has, this generic may have a whole bunch of different inactive ingredients. I mean, well, that may not work exactly the same as what you expect out of the name brand drug. That's yeah. what she's talking about. If you've only got the cellulose and the gelatin in there, for example, it's probably a fast actor. But if they've got some other things in there, it might be a slow release kind of drug. And one of the things you'll also see from the name, well, some people will not buy anything but the name brand. So you got those people, and that's fine. It's their choice. You're a consumer. You can choose what you want. One of the things you also see with a lot of name brands is you see different combo formulations. You like get the, the Exeteran and then the PM, right? You get that, and you turn Exeteran it over. Exeteran is already a combination drug. Right. It's well, got I'm caffeine just, in it. I'm just <laughs> using that as an example. Yeah. And so you look at what the thing is, and you turn over the generic of, of the Exeteran, which I don't even know off the top of my head what it is. But in, in they have a, if if the major brand has it, within a few months, the generic brand is going to have the same thing, PM. Just yeah. look at their list of ingredients. Now, I, I myself am a big fan of the uh, liquid cap things, the liquid you, where the gelatin cover dissolves quickly and then it goes into clean liquid form because it's absorbed much faster for a pain relief drugs i like that i have i we have some um we see the at home we don't take anything chronically though no. we're not dosing it no no x many times a day it's a every now and then when we happen to have a pain problem i stub my toe it just it's keeping me awake you know something like that i want it to go away fast so i like the I like the, this is just a kind of an aside. I like the gel caps that are actually got the, the, uh, uh, the gel capsule liquid with center. the liquid center because they're very fast, but they have their downsides too. You can't leave them in a hot car. They'll melt. Yeah. It's just disgusting. Don't put those in your get home bag, guys. Uh, tactical error, trust me. Yeah, no, we have, this is a complete <laughs> different conversation. We're not going to talk about it today. But, but there's drugs that you don't want to leave in the heat. <laughs> yeah. In the, question of whether the generics are just as good as the uh, name brand that is something your pharmacist will know a heck of a lot about right formulations are right up their alley and he may or may not recommend he'll probably have both but he may or may not recommend almost always generics get recommended by pharmacists because they know they're equally good in the vast majority of cases and they're making the number of cases where the formulation is significantly different in the a brand name is a small percentage. And they will fill. Most places, I, some places will, will ask you. But, like, I know with my insurance plan, they'll fill generic. Yeah. Because my insurance plan will pay for generic where it will only pay a percentage of the name brand. Mine will pay the generic price whether or not I choose to buy a name brand. Right. So if it's, I choose name exactly. brand, I get to pay the extra. When and I, I don't. When the generic is available. So some of the stuff, yeah. the generic may not be available. It may be a fairly new drug, and there's just no generic for it. I don't think I have any of those because, I, well, I don't take a ton of drugs anyway. But, you know, so when the generic's available, because the insurance companies don't want to pay the difference, and they know it works just fine. Yeah. The only so, people who really want to convince you the name brand is significantly better is the name brand. And that's because they make money off of you. Okay, we've we've reached our limit. Are we? Have we got through with our? What that's what we wanted to say anyway. Okay, so, we'll so have a good one, and uh, we'll catch you the next time. Be well.